0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're
1: glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. I hope you're enjoying the uh, series that we're doing with The Chosen as much as I am. And I have to say, it's been more fun um, doing the soap sprint and doing the Chosen series, like you're like, we just read that, we read that, that jumps out, that guy is this guy, and it's just fun to see that. And uh, this week, as we are in week three of this series, we're gonna look at healing and cleansing, all right? Healing and cleansing of the leper. And so there's one of the episodes where uh, a, a leper comes walking towards Jesus, and we'll show the clip in a little bit, but just stay with me for a minute. Um, and it's so dramatic and it's so well done, it just jumped out to me when I was watching the series. And I wanted to preach about it today. And uh, we'll find this story in Matthew chapter 8, Luke chapter 5, and in Mark chapter 1. It must have made a huge impression on the disciples and those writing this for us, this encounter with one lone leper. Now, there's another story in the Bible about Jesus talking to 10 lepers, heals all 10, and only one comes back to say thank you. But this is a different story. This is a leper, and apparently it's early in the ministry of Jesus, Uh, we see it recorded early in the Gospels, and this guy doesn't have any, like, guarantee that Jesus can heal leprosy. It's not like, I heard that you healed other lepers, and now I got in line. This guy is coming without any assurances, but there's a faith that's there that says, I'm going to get to Jesus, and we know that he's covered with leprosy, and he he comes and he bows down before Jesus, and it's it's an amazing story. He's immediately cleansed, and I want to read the text for you, and just to remind you, everything that's in the Chosen series is from the Bible. There's a text there with it, all right? Now, they take a little artistic liberty and maybe put a few words here and there, but sometimes it's even word for word. You're like, that's exactly how I read it. So I want to read this in Luke chapter 5. It says, well, Jesus was in one of the towns. A man came along who was covered with leprosy when he saw Jesus he fell with his face to the ground and begged him Lord if you are willing you can make me clean Jesus reached out his hand and touched this man I am willing he said be clean and immediately the leprosy left him then Jesus ordered him don't tell anyone but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them Yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now I want to give you a historical uh, look at leprosy and be able to take you there. I want you to know that right now on planet earth, there's only uh, 208,000 people that have leprosy. 208,000 out of the 8 billion Okay, but they have some form of leprosy, mostly in India. There's about 100 people every year in the United States that actually get leprosy. And with the breakthrough of technology, with the antibiotics, they can treat it, and they have to have an ongoing uh, treatment for it, but they can live a relatively normal life now. But in the Bible days, it was incurable. There was no hope. It was actually a death sentence. It was so much of a death sentence that people that had leprosy were called like the walking dead. You were dead, you were gone. Families would actually have the funeral for the loved one that had leprosy because they'd then be banished and they wouldn't know where they would be and they'd have to wander for food and go around. And so they'd actually have the funeral service. You were literally somebody who was living dead, if you will. And there was, it was like a long-term death sentence too. It wasn't like you have leprosy and you're like, oh, how much time do I have, doc? Well, nine years to thirty years. Did you hear that? Nine years. It's not like well, you've got terminal. Well, how long do I have? We're all trying to think like, how long do I have? I want to squeeze as much life as I can in whatever I've got. I'm going to pray for healing. I'm going to do you know what? They're like nine to thirty years, and you're just having this affect you. And it it was so gross. I won't even tell you all the details, but so you understand. It would start unknowingly. There might be a little spot or a little rash or maybe joint problems and you didn't know what that was and you didn't really notice it and it would move along and it would move from just a small thing to a bigger thing then you would notice it once you noticed it if it was verified that it was leprosy then you'd have to leave the the people and be banished but then it would continue it would go down your arm all over your whole body sometimes it would deform your hands into what they said would look like claws because of the way it would just eat away at you you'd lose uh, your fingers you'd lose your arms you'd lose your hair your eyes would start to glaze over you'd start to hunch over sometimes the ulcers okay you're like you said it wasn't going to get gross all right you get the point It was a death sentence it was a death sentence if you read leviticus 13 and 14 it sounds like a dermatology manual i mean it really does it's talking about how serious this is and and i want you to understand that these people were outside they they could never go in a walled city again they were isolated and and the the pain of all that happening to be isolated and to, to be away from people some people suffered so severely even during COVID at home with the internet, with Zoom, with Netflix, all this going on. You could watch church online, all that was going on, but still the isolation drove some people so crazy even during COVID. Think of what it was like to be outside untouchable. Leviticus 13 verse 45 and 46, anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover their lower part of their face and cry out unclean unclean as long as they have the disease they must they remain unclean they must live alone they must live outside the camp so they'd have to tear their clothes you could not be looking fashionable if you had leprosy you had to tear your clothes so people knew something was wrong you had to have your messy miserable hair look because you didn't want to, again, no pretending that you're good. Everybody had to know that you were not good. You had to cover the lower part of your face. The leper did, not the whole community, but you had to cover your mouth. You had to yell, unclean, unclean, which really was the word you're yelling, avoid me, avoid me. Imagine that. That's what they're living with. Fifty paces away was what you had to say. Fifty paces away. If it was really windy, they said 150 paces away. A leper had no right. you got to understand this when we see this clip in just a moment. A leper had no right to ever approach anyone. Your right to approach them was gone. Matter of fact, if you came within six feet of them. Isn't this sounding kind of similar? Okay. I'm <laughs> just saying. You came within six feet of them they were considered contaminated and unclean and had to watch for leprosy. So the leper's isolated. He's suffering physically, emotionally, socially, economically, spiritually. You couldn't even greet a leper. If you saw a leper and were like, oh, I want to be nice, you weren't even legally allowed to greet a leper. You understand how bad this was. And so with all that being said now, it's a tragic scene. And I want you to see how the chosen... Depicts this scene that we just read.
0: <laughs> it's a leper. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. It's okay. Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi. Rabbi. you can no, handle his disease. Don't Please, please, please don't turn away from me. I won't. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you.
1: My sister, she was a servant at the wedding.
0: She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing. I knew it. What can I What can I ever do now? Do not say anything to anyone. You don't seek your own honor? Please just do me this one thing. But but what do I tell people? Go. Show yourself to the priest. Let them inspect you and see that you are cleansed. Make the proper offering in the temple as Moses commanded. And go on your way. <sighs> <sighs> Where's an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. Definitely your color.
1: (laughs) Not too shabby. (laughs) Yes. There are just those moments that you just want to laugh and cry and shout and love Jesus more. I found that when I watched it, I was like, oh, man. So I I just have have to jump into this, into what the text said and what that depicted he came up to him and he said, if you're willing, and I just want to say a lot of people come to Jesus and they say, if you're willing, and it's not if you have the power, it's if you're willing for me, if you're willing, like, it, does it fit into the timetable? And he was saying, Jesus, like, does it fit into the timetable of what you're doing? Like, I know you have the power, but in what you're doing, like, is today my day? And I just want to say to you, today's your day today's your day go to Jesus like is it my day and, and here's the thing that's interesting like I actually as I look at the Bible I realize like it was like Jesus was pre-releasing miracles does that make sense like he says to the guy don't tell anybody like like the, you yeah, caught me on the road and it's a little early see Jesus didn't want the Palestinian authority he didn't want the Romans he didn't want the people there to come against him so he's like it's I'm always moved with compassion. It's my time to do the good and I'm always gonna do the good, but please don't create a political mess for me. And so he says, are you willing? And then it says Jesus was moved and one of the gospel accounts says Jesus was moved with compassion and it was like moved to a level like w- lip quivering, dry mouth, hands sweating, heart beating, like this man needs what I am about to bring him. And he was ready to do that. And it says that he touched him. And the, and the word that is used there means like he attached to him. And I'm so glad that the video showed like he, he hugs him. He doesn't just go like, be clean. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't do, be clean. You know, salt He You know, be clean. You know, he doesn't do that. He goes up and, and hugs him and embraces. It's all in. And it was, it, was, it was full contact cleansing. How many glad that Jesus does full contact cleansing? All right. And. And he's not worried about leprosy contaminating him. He's, he's saying grace is about to cover you. That's what Jesus does. And it's interesting, it says be cleansed, be cleansed. And, and it doesn't say be healed, it says be cleansed. Now the cleansing was a healing and I do want you to know that we are praying for healing and believing for healing. Matter of fact, we're even doing a three-part series on healing coming up in just a, a month and a half or so. There'll be a three-part series on healing. We're going to call the church to praying and fasting and believing God for healing miracles to happen. All right. We're, and it's, by the way, any day is fine. Any day is fine. All right. You're like, go up, to the, go up to the prayer team members at the end of the service. Is he willing? You know, like, yes, today's the day. He's willing. All right. Don't wait. Don't wait. But I just want you to know we're going to focus on that. But I want to focus on cleanse, not healed. Leprosy had to be cleansed. It had to be cleansed. It was very particular that if you had leprosy, you were defiled, you were unclean, and you had to be cleansed of your leprosy. And in many ways, leprosy and the healing of it is symbolic to the healing of our sin. That we have to be cleansed. Like, you can't say, like, yeah, I want to be healed of my adultery, and I want to be healed of my theft, and I want to be healed. You understand? You're not healed. You're cleansed. You're cleansed. And so in many ways, this is depicting what sin does, like leprosy and sin are, are, are it's like looking at each other. And and, and sin starts with a little spot that you don't even notice. Feels good for a season. You don't even know. Pretty soon it's there. People are noticing and you might not notice it, but then you notice it. And then you ignore it. And then it goes and eats a little more and a little more. And then you start losing limbs. Oh, maybe not your arm, maybe not your leg, but you lose people you love. You lose family, you lose relationships, you lose jobs. I've seen sin just steal and destroy. And then ultimately, the Bible says in James chapter 1, it talks about the progression. Sin, when it's full grown, gives birth, it gives death. There's a progression. And so, you understand, there's a a thing. And so, when you look at Leviticus 13 and 14, you see this like, oh my goodness, this is like, this is pointing to, to Jesus. This is pointing to Jesus, this cleansing. And so, when Jesus cleanses the leper, he says, Go to the temple and go to the priest and do what you're told to do for your cleansing. And so in Leviticus 13 and 14, there's, there's the, all this. And I want to read from Leviticus 14 what it says. The Lord said to Moses, these are the regulations for any diseased person at the time of their ceremonial cleansing when they're brought to the priest. The priest is to go outside the camp and examine them if they've been healed of their defiling skin disease. The priest shall order that two live clean birds and some cedarwood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop be brought for the person to be cleansed. Then the priest shall order that one of the birds be killed over fresh water in a clay pot He is then to take the live bird, dip it together with the cedar wood, the scarlet yarn and the hyssop into the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. Seven times he shall sprinkle the one to be cleansed of the defiling disease and then pronounce them clean. After that, he's to release the live bird into the open field. It's interesting. Jesus is symbolized by the first bird. We are the second bird. And so the leper would come in and they, they they didn't even realize like what they were pointing to, like to Jesus' cleansing and the cleansing by the blood and with the water. Think about, we're forgiven by the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then after you are covered in the blood and you're forgiven of your sins, you are water-baptized. Right? And so we've got blood and water, and they're they're sprinkled, and then they're like, and now you're free. Go live the life you were meant to live. See, we were dead in our sins. We are dying of leprosy called sin. And Jesus is like, I paid the price for you. I paid the price. It's not healing of your sin, it's cleansing of your sin. I'm cleansing you and I'm taking it away and I'm declaring you clean now because you've asked me to forgive you of your sins. It's absolutely incredible what is pointing in the old testament to Jesus. Now today with the time I have left I just want to point out like there's 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 no leprosy like really like a hundred cases a year and antibiotics, you know, today. So what are we going to do with this? How are we going to apply this? What are we going to do with this? And the thing I want to point out today is Jesus loved the outcast, and so should we. Jesus loved the untouchable, and so should we. Jesus loved the Samaritans. He loved the tax collectors. He loved the sinners. He loved the lepers. And he's like, I'm running to you, and I'm running right at you. One of the disciples in the video pulls out a knife, you know, and it was John. He's like pulling out a knife, ready to knife the leper, you know. And I thought, it's not too far off. I mean, how many, like one rabbi in history bragged that he threw rocks at lepers. Like he, he saw lepers like, and he brags. There's a historical account of it that he saw lepers and he's like, you know what I did? I threw rocks at him to keep them away. I mean, disciples probably would have picked up rocks, had knives, stay away. And, and God help us if we as a church have that our attitude towards the untouchable. Some churches, like people walk in that don't look like everybody else. Hey, hey, back, back, stay away. You can't come in here. Not for you. May our church never be that type of church, ever that we do that. Now, I don't want to depict like all sorts of churches do that, because few, some do, some do. Some do, like, you're sitting in my seat. Don't make me take out my knife right now. I'll just, you know what I mean? That's my seat. We paid for it. My grandpa paid for it. All right, yeah. All right. Some people, like, don't do that. Give up your seat. Sit somewhere else. Welcome them in. Do not like... But a few churches do it, but not all. Most churches kind of say is, if you're skeptical, you're like, see, that's why I don't go to church. Most churches are filled with loving people that are just trying to figure out how to follow Jesus. They've been forgiven and given so much grace. They've been cleansed of their sin, and they're still trying to figure it out, and they want to welcome you in, and and they love you. And so please don't let that be an excuse to stay away. You are welcome here no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what you smell like. You are welcome. Can we make sure? Let's welcome them in Jesus' name name there's a story of of grace that i wanted to share about someone that came to our church that was wondering would i be welcomed here would i be welcomed? his name is brian came to our city campus just wondering if he could be welcomed here and when he came in he was in tough shape he was in tough shape i i want to share all the things he asked about being in tough shape parents were drug addicts and he came to our city campus and through coming in just wondering like is this church going to pull a knife on me or are you going to welcome me in and through different street teams and other ministries that were like hey we want to welcome you in this man came into our church this man found the grace of Jesus Christ he gave his life to Jesus and became cleansed of his sin and all that he had done wrong. He didn't stop there. He's like, "I'm going to Alpha. I'm going to the next class. I'm going to the next thing. I'm going He actually was moving on in church, doing so well. God brought him a wife in the church, and he's like, "I've got a job, I've got a wife. I'm clean, I'm sober, I'm safe." praise God thank you for not pulling a knife on me but for welcoming me in and I say let's welcome the next Brian and the next Brian and Brianna and whoever else we're going to welcome them in in Jesus that's the type of church we're going to be don't ever don't ever look down your nose on people don't ever look down your nose and say we're going to show them love and we're going to get down now um I wanna say this, this leper came by himself and most people don't come to church by themselves. Please invite someone, please invite someone, please be an inviter and somebody that will share, like come and see what I've seen. But some people come alone, some people will come and this leper comes by himself and um, there might even be people watching online right now and you're like, I watch because I don't know if you'd welcome me. We would welcome you, we would welcome you and if you're watching online, we would welcome you. And I'm reminded of of my mom just recently we had michael jr here and mom was coming in and walking in the parking lot please don't be so busy on your way in that you miss the people that god wants you wants you to touch you know and she's coming in and she sees a guy there in his car and he's kind of there and she just she saw a dog in the car and she thought a lot of people don't bring their dogs to church but and she went up, she said are you, are, you, are you wanting to go in and he's like yeah oh, come on come with me sit with me so she brings him into the church, and they sit together. I said, did the dog come in? She said, after the altar call, the dog came in. All right. You know, I said, he came into the church. She came in, with, he came in with her, and they sat together. And at the end, she brought him up for prayer. And then he said, I'm really hungry. We gave him some money for a meal and blessed them. Just being able to say, hey, here's somebody, and, and saying, I want to welcome them in. That's the type of church we want to be. Another time that uh, my mom welcome somebody that was coming to church and and i'm going to use her twice so i think i owe her dinner or something like that but <laughs> she's coming in she's she said i was late she goes i don't like being late she likes to be early and people and she's coming in late and she noticed this guy coming in late this guy's coming into church late and she looks at me she's like are you new he's like new first time she goes come with me sit with me and so worship's already going on and she brings him in and he says like she brought him up to the front row like right <laughs> to the front row Like, you know, she brings it. And in that moment, he's like, something changed in my life. He kept coming to church because he was welcome because somebody didn't pull a knife on him. They welcomed him. And they said, come and sit with me. She didn't know him. And little did she know that... um, Rich Fortman would go on to have his life change, that he would say yes to Jesus, that he would go to Alpha, that he would be a leader, that he would go on multiple global teams, that he'd go to Wildwood Ranch time after time after time. And just this last year, we have a picture, and I want you to show it. This is him now preaching at Wildwood Ranch, leading people to Jesus. That's what happens when you throw out the welcome mat instead of pulling out a knife. That's what happens when you say, sit with me. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you've done, but come on in. Let's go. And you don't have to bring all the visitors to the front row, just so you know, all right? You don't have to, but when you say, hey, welcome, come sit with me. Uh, there's hope for you. Jesus is still changing lives. And to those that are feeling outside, again, I just feel so strong to say this. Please don't exclude yourself because of what you've done. People say, well, they would never welcome me. They would never, Jesus would never have a place. Jesus has a place for you. Jesus welcomes the outcast. He, he touches the untouchable. He goes after the unlovable. So stop using, that used to bother me so much with my grandfather. I'd, we'd, we, as kids, we'd invite grandpa to church. No, 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 if I go to church, the walls are gonna fall down. I'm like, no, they're not, Grandpa. They're really, it's really well-built. It's a good church. Like, they're not. And Mom's like, no, he, he's not coming. We go to church. He'd say that, oh, no, no, they're going to fall down. You know? No, don't excuse yourself. We, the walls are well-built, and the people are welcoming. The coffee and the donuts are free. Come on in. I, I, I'm just telling you, we're welcoming. That's the type of church we want to be. One time, people were out in front of the church, and they were smoking, Right outside in the lot, and somebody comes and says, "Pastor Rob, Pastor Rob, they are smoking right outside." And I said, "Well, bring them an ashtray." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Where's> the ashtray? <laughs> Welcome, a man. <laughs> uh, let me say this: Who's the untouchable today? Yeah. Think about it. There's probably a list that we could make. I just want to point out two: former prisoners. Former prisoners in many churches are untouchable. Many people's lives are untouchable. And I just want to say a huge shout out to Dave Phillips and all the people that volunteered to go into all the different prisons. I mean, you are so dedicated, that team. It is so amazing. Matter of fact, Dave said, I'd like permission to start a service for people that just. We tell them that they're welcome, we throw the welcome mat out, we just, we try everything, but they just can't get past it. He said, can I start a one o'clock service on Sundays at our city campus? One o'clock, city campus, for those that just feel like they need half a step and then they might come in." and I said, go ahead. So one o'clock Sundays at our city campus, for people that say, I just feel, I just feel a little too outside, hey, come on inside, come on inside, And we're going to go to the prisons and we're going to say welcome. And when you get out, we're going to say welcome. And we have a special service. You don't have to go just to that one. But if that one makes it easier for you and your family to go to, that's the reason we did it. And I want you to hear it here first. I didn't want somebody to say, yeah, they started a service for 1 o'clock so all the people will stay there. No, we did that to help get them inside. We did anything we could to get them inside. And that's what it took, 1 o'clock service, city campus. And if you're interested in helping out in prison ministry, you can go to rivervalley.org slash prison and get the info and you'll have to get background checked and all that other stuff and, and be part of the team, but you can go into the prisons. But There's another group, homeless and especially those that are addicts. I think about leprosy. It was like they were called like the walking dead. If you've ever been down Skid Row, if you've ever been to a homeless encampment, you will see people that are walking like walking dead. I'll never forget I was in San Francisco this last year and and siri took me through skid row we were backed up on the freeway and it took me like siri should have an option like never through skid row you know (laughs) took me right through but maybe god was doing something in me in that day and as i was there i was in the car i i i just saw people just walking doing drugs right on the street tent just laying in the gutter and you talk about those that are like walking dead and for many their families like we don't know where they are we don't know if they're here we don't know if they're gone we don't know if they're dead it's almost in their life like they've done the funeral already because they've seen that controlling addiction that is there locally we have street teams that go out every friday night if you're interested in this rivervalley.org slash iccm they will take you into the 10 cities they will take you there and you're not you're there to be the hands of Jesus saying we love you nobody's yelling and screaming and fire and brimstone we're trying to love them and let them know we care I sat there all night outside of uh, Merwin's liquor store handing out hot dogs and water and soda and just telling people Jesus loves them and some people had breakthroughs other people got hardened but we were there sharing the love of Jesus so if you want to do that and then speaking of skid row um, we have Global Team L.A. that goes out a couple of year, and those of you that go, you think, oh, "I want to go to India or Panama or China or somewhere." That's, we want you to go around the world. We want you to leave America, but even within the confines of America, we have global teams that we're still doing. And I want you to see a raw video that was taken recently. It was back in April. I had just preached at the Dream Center on Thursday night. So I preached there. I preached the message, "Speed of Unity. And afterwards, they were taking me through the dorm, showing me all the beautiful stuff they're doing at the L.A. Dream Center. Uh, Matthew Barnett and his wife and the team, they do an amazing job. And they're bringing me through the dorm, and this guy goes, hey, hey, preacher, preacher, i got to tell you something. i got to tell you something. And Pastor Davey Collins was with me, and he took his phone and just whipped, you know, got it out like this guy's going to say something. So he got it out ready, and then this is just raw, but I want you to see a life that was changed.
0: The actual story behind it is I was on Skid Row, on Dope, right. and I asked four... Well, g- we'll say that. Well, is that okay? Can you I take a mask Yeah, yeah, yeah it's He's- all good. So I was on Skid Row, and I was going to Little Tokyo to beg. I helped my hustle. And four gentlemen, I asked to buy me food. They said they would. Ten minutes later, I went to pick the food up, and one of them had a shirt that said Isaiah on it. And I said, is that Isaiah from the Bible? And he said, yeah. I said, can I talk to you because I'm really not doing well. And I mentioned I was looking for a Christian recovery program, and they said they were from the Dream Center, from Minneapolis. I'm from Minnesota. I no kidding. grew up in St. Louis Park. Wow.
1: And I so wanted I mean, there
0: are no, I lived at 1401 Flag Street, if Come that matters. On. Anyway, there are no coincidences. No, that's I've right. I've said that for that's years. Right. So Isaiah gave me his phone number, it was on a Wednesday, Friday, I told him I'd be here at the Dream Center. And you're here. I got here that Friday. Then I went through the hoops because I'm an old man. And I needed some medical stuff cleared. And um, everything worked out perfectly. I got here March 3rd. Um,
1: oh, but it was through. It was you're through you're praise here. God. Through one of the teams. Yeah. Hey, I just got to say. Get on a team. Lives are being changed for eternity.
0: God bless you. Thank you. Oh, man. that's good. Thank you Thank for hug. sharing that. Thank you. Amazing.
1: Thank you. That's, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> Thank you. That's powerful. Wow. Praise God. People still touching the untouchable, going to Skid Row, saying to former inmates, hey, you're welcome here, saying to somebody who feels like they're an outcast, all alone, no one would ever welcome them. I want to say welcome home. I want to say welcome home. I want to say we're going to go to the highways and byways and compel them to come in And we're going to always be the type of church that throws out the red carpet rather than saying, hey, get out of here. You're not welcome. No, you are welcome here. You are welcome because Jesus went after the outcasts and we will too. So God, I pray right now that you would help us to have a greater level of just radical hospitality for everyone. I pray that there would be a greater level of I am willing, it fits, the time is now. I'm praying there's be a greater level of welcome home. I pray that there'd be a greater level of, you can be cleansed, you can be changed, you can be set free. And I pray that's how our church would live it out. And God, I thank you that you live that life. You touch the untouchable. And God, I pray for our church to live that way too. Never, ever, ever saying you're not welcome, but say come and be changed by the power of Jesus. Thank you, God, for touching lepers. Thank you for touching sinners. And thank you for changing lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.